want and deserve. Whether your relationship status is single, dating, or it's complicated, this podcast is exactly what you need to take your love and life to the next level. And now, here's your host, certified love and life coach, Melissa Snow. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Love Starts Here podcast. I'm Melissa Snow, love and life coach and your host. Today, I have with me Leona Nordstrom. She is a relationship and sex therapist from Pivotal Counseling, and I've invited her on the podcast today to talk about the six principles of sexual health, which may sound super boring, but this is actually really important information because this is a lot of the stuff that we didn't learn in sex ed that we probably should have. This is the kind of stuff that we need to be talking to our partners about and comfortable talking to our partners about. And Leana is not only going to teach you about the principles of sexual health, but she's also going to help you make sense of them in your own relationship and give you some tips for how to apply them and how to speak with your significant other about them. So a couple of disclaimers before we get rolling. Number one, we are talking about sex today. It's not going to be super graphic, but we are going to talk about it like adults. So if you're driving your kids to school or you're sitting in the middle of the office and your office mates don't want to hear all of this, you might want to press pause and come back to it later, but definitely make sure that you come back to it. The other disclaimer I want to give is that for the most part, we're going to talk about this in a very heteronormative way. We're going to talk about women having sex with men. And I want you guys to know that the six principles of sexual health apply to everyone, no matter how you identify or no matter who you are attracted to. Um, We're just just talking about it in this language to make things a little simpler, but please know that this podcast and this information is for everyone. All right. So without further ado, please help me welcome Leona Nordstrom to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about you and about what you do. Okay. Um, I work for Pivotal Counseling. Like you said, uh, my title formally is Relationship and Sex Therapist. I see clients for a variety of reasons, many of which have to do with their sex lives and why they're not working or what they can do to spruce it up and things like that. So I will put all of your contact information in the show notes so that people can reach out to you. And let's get rolling talking about the six principles of sexual health. So this is something that I had never heard of until I met you. So tell us a little bit about what the six principles of sexual health are, where they come from. Give us a little background on this. Yeah. So the way that this came about is a person named Doug Brown Harvey kind of coined the term, the six principles of sexual health. And the reason this came about is because a lot of people come into sex therapy or come in for just help in general, and they discover that they have these massive discrepancies between themselves and their partners, um, multiple partners, individual partners, differences between what their family thinks is good and what they think is good and stuff like that. And what ends up happening is we start to discover that there are certain criteria that need to be met in order for a person to feel satisfied and feel as though they have a healthy sex life. And if we can start to communicate those pieces kind of globally, 
Absolutely. If we can start to get the word out about this, which is why I'm so glad you're doing this, people can start to refer back to these. So when you have an unsatisfying sexual experience, you don't have the questions about, was this malicious? Was this abusive? In cases where that's true, it's very important to be able to just say this was abuse. And in cases where that's not true, but it's still dissatisfying, it's really helpful to be able to figure out why. Yeah. That's so interesting. And when you first told me about the six principles of sexual health, and I started to learn about them and read about them from my own perspective, even I was able to look back at past relationships that I've had or experiences that I had outside of relationships and think like, why did I feel so weird about that? Like, why was I so uncomfortable after that? Or why did I feel so unsatisfied by that experience? And when you look at the six principles of sexual health, it's very easy to find the answer most of the time. Yeah. And I think what's most helpful is that even if a person struggles in various different times in their relationship, it doesn't mean you can't go back and assess. It's not about regret. It's not about making excuses. It's about creating a context in which is nestled your sexual self and understanding, do I like that context? Am I comfortable with that context? Or would it be helpful for me to adapt and grow and adjust it? It's not about self-shame or self-hate. It's about how can I do this differently? Yeah, 100%. Anytime my clients and I are looking at any aspect of their past relationships, we always try to do that from a place of openness and curiosity and seeing what we can learn from as opposed to doing it from a place of shame and judgment, which is never helpful. <laughs> Super useless emotion, shame. <laughs> so tell us what the six principles are and give us a little description of each one. Okay, so um, to start off with, um, the first principle, not surprisingly, is consent. Um, consent is um, kind of, if you think about the contract that you enter into with every single person that you interact with in any way, it starts with permission. Consent is your ability to say yes or no. And if no is not an option, then yes was never an actual option. Um, and so when you think about consent in the terms of sexuality, think about like, I want to say yes to this. I'm really curious about how it goes. I'm not sure what the outcome is going to be, but right now in this moment, I want to say yes. So I'm going to, and then acknowledging that consent is fluid. You are absolutely able to take your consent away at whatever point you decide this isn't working, this isn't fun, this isn't pleasurable to me. So that's consent in a nutshell. The next one is non-exploitative. And this one's a little bit more complicated, but essentially it is when a person leverages their power and control over you in order to receive sexual gratification from you. So a manager trying to take advantage of a subordinate or, you know, a former lover leveraging um, nudes that you sent them um, to get you to have sex with them again. That's exploitation. Honesty is the third sexual principle. Honesty is essentially that you are directly communicating and aware of your own needs and you are directly communicating those to your partner. So you're being honest with yourself about what it is that you want, what it is that you like, what it is that feels good. And your partner is being made aware of those things as well. 
The next principle is shared values. So I love the way that Doug Ron Harvey talks about this. Um, the day after a dolphin has sex, they don't spend the next day talking with their fellow dolphins about if it was too soon, what it meant, if it um, if we're on the same page about where this is going. Human beings do that. We have values around sex. We have feelings about what it means to be sexual and the timing of it and all of that stuff. So shared values is essentially you are having a conversation about that with your partner. Is what sex meant to me similar to what it meant to you? And if not, are we aware of that and okay with that? Um, number five is protection from STIs, uh, any unwanted pregnancy, things like that. But essentially, it's just saying, if you have an STI, that's okay. As long as I know about it and I am consenting to engage in sex. If you um, aren't on birth control, that's okay because I know about it and I am consenting to have sex without a condom and being able to normalize stuff like that. And then the last one is um, mutual pleasure. And what's important about mutual pleasure is you want to make sure that you understand what it is you are getting pleasure out of. So for example, one person may really, really, really like providing an orgasm, but may not get the same pleasure out of receiving an orgasm. And to be able to communicate that and say like, I don't have orgasms during sex, but I'm okay with that because what I get out of sex is the joy of making you come. Being able to say something like that and be um, very open and um, just kind of front-loaded with that, that's what mutual pleasure is. It's not, we both have to have an orgasm at the same time. We both have to have an orgasm every time. It's just that whatever pleasures you is welcome in that situation. Those are the six principles. Awesome. One of the things that I love that I was remembering when you were talking is that I know for me and for most of the people who grew up in my generation or generations before, it was like anything that we learned about sexual health. Like I remember in middle school, our sexual health class. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even a whole class. It was just like mm -hmm. health class. We talked about drugs most of the time. And then for a week, it was like, here's how your female body parts work. Here's how your male body parts work in terms of here's how they work together to reproduce a human, not uh -huh. like here's how they work <laughs> to give you pleasure. And it's pretty much just like, don't get a disease, protect yourself. Don't have a baby when you're not ready these are the principles of sexual health. And when we grow up, we realize there's actually way more to it. And I think um, yes to everything you said. And then two more things. One is a man has to have an orgasm in order to produce a baby. Therefore, a male orgasm is the most important part of sex. Yes. And two... STIs and pregnancy are the consequences of sex. Yes. There are no other consequences of sex, which is so not true. So not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I want to ask you if I'm listening to this podcast and I'm single or mm -hmm. I'm not currently having sex with anyone, or even I'm in a committed relationship or I'm married and I'm not currently having sex with anyone. Why do I want to keep listening to this podcast? Why are the six principles of sexual health something that I need to know about? Yeah. So in my opinion, we should be teaching all of this. 
outside of the bounds of sex as well in terms of relationships. Relationships in general should be non-exploitative, should be consensual, should have shared value. Um, And many of them don't. So if you're listening to this and you don't ever want to have sex, great. How can you apply these to your life in general? Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. So let's talk about each one individually, because I have some specific questions about each one. Um, So let's start with consent. Something I thought was really interesting when I was listening to you explain what consent means is this idea that I can consent to this and then I can change my mind. (laughs) I can Mm -hmm. say, I would like to try this thing. Let's do it. And then once we start trying it, I can say, never mind. I changed my mind. Yeah. So can you talk about that a little bit and specifically about how you suggest women communicate that to their partner, how they communicate consent to their partner and how they communicate to their partner if they've changed their mind about something they've consented to? Yeah. So here's my first semi-graphic metaphor. Um, Can't wait. A lot of times when women think about sex, they think about sex as a greasy slide. And what that means is as soon as I engage in physical touch or a kiss, I am saying yes to full-on sex every night of the week, no matter what, even if I'm not in the mood. As soon as we start having sex with somebody, we have this impression in our mind and in our body that I have to do this. I have Mm -hmm. to do this every time. And if I don't do it, I'm not going to be loved. And the problem with that is that we've taught women that we have taught women that that's what happens. And we have taught men that that's what they get to expect. And now we're unteaching that. And so having a conversation about what does it look like when you're experiencing extreme pleasure? What does it look like when you're experiencing extreme discomfort? What can I expect? So that is part one of talking about consent is get your partner in on it. Get your partner in on checking in to make sure that you are doing okay. And make sure you check in when you think they're not because you like that baby. That is very much a part of sex that we're all taught to expect. You know, do you like that? Does that feel good? And that doesn't really leave an option for no, nope, that doesn't feel good. Or nope, I don't like that baby. I don't like that at all. Right. right. Um, we know you're searching for a specific answer when right. you say that. You were very <laughs> That's not a real question. That question. But also being able to check in with your own body, your body sends so many signals. And a lot of times women are like, ignore that, ignore this message. If my mind is wandering, pretend it's not. I'm super into this. Get louder, get faster, really believe that you're into this. And we have to get better at taking a step back and saying, if my mind is wandering, is it because I'm not enjoying this? And if that's the case, you have the right to say, I'm good. I'm all done. I think it's good to get women thinking about how to start building that awareness of how certain things feel in their body. I mean, that's one of the big things that I work with my clients with is emotions are a vibration in your body and Mm -hmm. being able to identify this emotion feels like this in my body is super helpful because you're going to notice next time you have that emotion in your body and you're going to be able to say, like you said, 
Ooh, I feel like all of a sudden I feel tight. I feel closed off. I feel Mm -hmm. like sweaty, but not in a good way. (laughs) What Mm -hmm. is going on here? And no, like maybe this is not what I still want to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the other important part of what you said about consent is that just because you consented to it last night doesn't mean you have to consent <laughs> to it tonight, right? Like, or ever again. Yeah. And I think the other piece of that too is the mentality that because we are in a relationship or because I have committed to you in some way or because we are married doesn't mean that you now own the rights to my body. Yeah, exactly. I yep. still get a choice. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about honesty. One of the things that you said when you were explaining what honesty means is being able to openly and honestly communicate to your partner what feels good to you, what you like, what you don't like. What if I don't know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that you ask a question like that because it's so much more common than we think it is. Oftentimes we live in this bubble inside of our own brain. And we have this imagined audience of the rest of the universe and the rest of the universe. They just know, they just know exactly how to have an orgasm. They know exactly what positions feel good. They know exactly how to touch themselves, how to ask to be touched. And it's crap. It (laughs) does not work like that. And being able to be really honest with yourself starts with self-discovery. Emily Nagoski, who wrote the book, Come As You Are, she did this talk a couple of years ago called Pleasure is the Measure. And she talked about you are responsible for your own orgasm. So being able to communicate and say, it's been a while since I've had an orgasm with you and I want you to try this. That's honesty. That's awesome. That's really good. So what if you don't feel comfortable communicating your needs to the person that you are having sexual relations with? If you are fearful or worried or uncomfortable, I might suggest reaching out to a therapist. I might suggest reaching out to somebody who who does feel comfortable drawing that out of a person. And I think what is most important to say about this is that we Mm -hmm. haven't taught people how to talk about this. So if you're listening to this and you feel alone because it makes you nervous to talk to your partner about this, I could run a support group every hour of every day for people not comfortable with this and never, ever reach the entire population of people who experience this discomfort. Yeah. But I'm working on it. One therapy session at a time. I'm changing the world. Yeah. So the last thing I want to ask you about is shared value. And I think this is such a big one because for a lot of women, we get confused about the difference between sex and love. And we think that because someone is having sex with us, that means they love us. And I know for me personally, there was a lot of heartbreak in my life because I thought that anyone who was engaging in physical intimacy with me must want to be in a relationship with me. And then Mm -hmm. when it turned out they didn't want to be in a relationship with me, I was very confused. I felt a lot of regret. I felt a lot of embarrassment. And I think that it is important for us to learn how to get clear on what are we doing here? Why are we doing it? And I know so many of my clients are reluctant to have that conversation because 
They don't want to seem like they are putting pressure on him or they're coming on too much too soon, or, you know, they're forcing a commitment when he's not ready. They want to be that girl who's cool and nonchalant goes with the flow and doesn't act like a girl. I've had air (laughs) quotes there that you guys couldn't see. So what are your thoughts on all of that? And how do you suggest that women go about making sure that they are valuing the physical intimacy in the same way that the person that they are engaging in it with is? Yeah. So the way to create space for shared value is to note that even if something doesn't work for you, that it is acceptable if it works for someone else. Because doing that says we can have a conversation about this because I don't need you to agree with me. I just need you to know and respect my value. So for example, if I am, I'm partnered with a woman, so I'm going to use her as an example. If I was given or getting into this relationship with my partner and I made the decision um, to be casual about it. I don't want a serious commitment. And she was in this for the long haul. And if I were to not tell her that, that would not be a communication. That would not be a shared value, value that has been shared versus values that we have in common. Mm -hmm. Now, if I were to say, I just want things to be casual, then she is allowed to consent into or revoke consent based on her value. Mm -hmm. So if she's not interested in casual sex, she doesn't have to engage in casual sex. Um, The same could be said if you are in a committed relationship. My favorite thing to come back around to is sexually explicit media. A lot of people use pornography. And because that happens, but because it's not talked about, A lot of people have value judgments based on it. Mm -hmm. So if he's looking at porn, it's like cheating. If he's looking at porn, he doesn't want me. I say porn is bad. And if my partner doesn't know that, and one day, 10 years into our relationship, I happen to need to use his MacBook, happen to scroll past his search history, and I see Busty Babe 7 or whatever... I'm going to look down at my chest and be like, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Shared values, communication of shared values is literally what values am I bringing to my sexual relationship? Is there anything else that you want to mention that we haven't covered yet? Yeah. So shared values and mutual pleasure, um, those are going to be conversation pieces, generally speaking, because it's about What are you bringing into sex and what are you getting out of sex? And being able to talk through that is really important. But some of this stuff can be done very playfully. I think that's a good reminder because I don't want people to hear this podcast and think like sex has now become this very serious thing. And I have this list of six things that I have to make sure are happening. And, you know, we have to have conversations about these six things and they're serious conversations. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. I mean, if you feel like you want to sit down and have a serious conversation about them, go for it. But there's also ways to address all six of these principles that are more casual and fun and playful and not 
serious conversations that you need to have with your partner. Everybody can give feedback. Everybody can get better at pleasing their partner. Yeah. Leona, this has been super helpful. And I love that we are opening up the doors and allowing women permission finally to talk about these things and be honest about these things and be open about these things. I think that it's really, really good. And I think this is going to be really helpful to the listeners to even just get their minds thinking about things that they may not have ever thought about before when it comes to physical intimacy. So Mm -hmm. Layana, if anybody wants to connect with you further, get more information about the six pillars or about what you do and how you can possibly help them um, with things that they're struggling with in their relationships or with sex, what's the best way for them to contact you? So best way to get in touch with me is probably my email. My first name, Layana at pivotalcounseling.com. And just mention the podcast. And if there's any way that I can help, I will. Um, A lot of people want sex therapy during pandemic, which makes sense. (laughs) Um, So if I, if I'm busy, I'll get back as soon as I can, but yeah, I'd be honored to help support anybody who has more questions about this. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I will drop links in the show notes to everything that Liana has mentioned, and you guys can definitely reach out to her if you have any questions or want to get more information about working with her. Thank you again, Liana, for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was great. Thanks for listening to the Love Starts Here podcast. For more tips, tools, love and support, be sure to join the Love Starts Here Facebook group. To learn more about how you can work one-on-one with Melissa to take your love and life to the next level, visit www.melissamsnow.com.